Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Okay, so we're we're talking about boundaries and let me just put a disclaimer at the beginning of this. First of all, we aren't gonna have to we aren't gonna have to mark this as explicit. So that's not the disclaimer that we have, but we will see how this goes. But the disclaimer is, is that we understand boundaries is a huge topic. We, even within ourselves, are trying to figure out the best way to pull it apart. So we're going to start with an idea of an overview. And we're going to really hope we can get the very general of what the boundaries are, because we completely understand that these are a lot more complex and they're a lot more detailed. So if you're tuning in to being like, I want to learn boundaries in the next 30 minutes, you're not. Okay. You're going to learn what they are basically looking like. You're going to know that this is a forest, but you're not going to know which tree is which tree yet. Okay. So bottom line, stick with us over the next few weeks. Cause we apparently like to make things into part episodes and really detail oriented, get those information things out. Um, so where, where do we want to start overview of boundaries? So I think let's start with what is a boundary what are boundaries and what is a boundary so those are almost two different questions Mm -hmm. and so there are three areas that boundaries will break down into Uh, roles rules and routines i struggle with ours so the alliteration doesn't help you Mm -hmm. (laughs) so roles like what roles do we play in our life what roles do we try to play in our life what roles uh, should we or do we feel a duty to or an obligation to uh, the rules, uh, what kind of uh, mandates or unspoken or spoken rules, written rules, things like that. And then just kind of what routines, what kind of flows are there in our life, whether we're aware of them or not aware of them, are we? Mm-hmm. So roles can be um, explicit roles, right? So like my role as a sister or as a wife or as a therapist, like there's some that are known and seen um but then my role as a therapist and what my boundaries are around that might be different than other people's there are some legal expectations that the that the government gives us for our our boundaries around those things and that can be true too of you know like for a spouse you could have legal boundaries you can have um religious boundaries and again these can all be like spoken or unspoken so it's really important as we look at roles that we see that and then there's also the type of role and and i guess this role and then moves into the idea like we've talked previously in episodes about like the drama triangle and taking the role of hero um rescuer i'm sorry rescuer villain or victim yeah am i a child in my family but i'm the emotional caretaker of the family Mm -hmm. yeah and and it can be different with different people right so then we have expectations and we have boundaries around what that looks like yeah so so what about rules let's talk about what rules look like in general with a boundary if i understand correctly when we're talking about a rule to go with a boundary would be um well first of all we'll get into this in more detail but boundary rules should usually look less like i'm not going to do this and should usually be more positive focused 
Right. As far as how they're stated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The brain doesn't understand no very well. Yeah. Cause that just covers a lot of ground. And so the brain wants a more specific thing of what will I do. Right. Yeah, so if we say, don't imagine a pink spotted elephant. Our brain is like, oh, then I need to make sure I avoid this. So I need to bring up the image and then try to avoid it. But then you can't at that point. So just um, for clarification, when it comes to rules with boundaries, one of the first things is you need to identify what you are going to be doing. And then those rules are things that it's not going to be the be all end all, but these are boundaries. These are rules that are a boundary of how do I want to behave, act, um, you know, react what do to I something. want to do versus not do. Yeah. So they're, they're supposed to support me as a person. Essentially it's the idea of, I want to be a kind person. Therefore I am someone that I bump into someone. I apologize for what I've done, or I am someone that when I talk to people who I don't really like, I still am respectful and I won't use any, you know, negative names or call, you know, doing anything like that. My boundary is I may not like them, but I will act this way towards them. Right. And so you're mentioning a good thing with that first one of rules for self. We also talk about like rules for those around us, which again, we're trying to keep it within ourselves. So it's usually when someone else does this, rather than being like, I will tell them this, it's when someone else does this, I can state that I am uncomfortable, but I'm not going to then dictate what they should do for their role. Right. So this is a really good, um, definition of where we get boundaries wrong. Sometimes we move from trying to be boundaried into controlling is that we go into the description of the rule versus we go into the value behind the rule. So I love that Haley, you were talking about the goal and value of being kind or respectful. And then from there, we make decisions on behaviors based on that value versus if I say, you can't ever, um, you can't ever speed on the road, right? That speeding is wrong versus the value of safety and we want to drive safely. Um, now the law may say, well, we have to be explicit because it's, there are hundreds of people and that are driving at any one time and they have different boundaries so that they give an explicit role, but the boundary is more about safety. And that's where we want to go. As far as interpersonal relationships is understanding what is the value that's making the decision here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredibly important. In driver's ed, you maybe learn about the concept of object fixation, that the thing you focus on becomes bigger. And so you might be trying to not hit something, or if you're on a one-lane road at night, you're not supposed to look at the oncoming headlights because someone accidentally drift into oncoming traffic. Um, A cousin of mine was paragliding and was coming into land, and there was only one tree in the area. And because he was looking at the tree, trying not to hit it, he landed in the tree. (laughs) (laughs) and of course all of us were laughing and couldn't help him um (laughs) that's how i feel when i started playing pickleball is wherever i was yeah that's how it works for me too i have to pay a lot of attention to where i'm pointed or it doesn't work out to be clear he was okay like we weren't denying someone medical attention while we were laughing but um Although now I'm curious if that still would have been an issue. <laughs> Let me just clarify. So you were getting a medical attention and laughing at the same time. Well, he didn't you're need saying. it. He was oh. just his pride was so, bruised. Uh, so if we were focusing on the thing that we do want is the most helpful rather than 
Um, I no, I just forgot of any examples that's practical. That's funny. Uh, oh, like I don't want to speed versus I want to be a safe driver, like you were saying, Jen. And if we go into and we'll go into more depth around this in future episodes, so we just want to give a broad topic. So then we move from rules into routines. And we go to that place of boundaries around the routines and why they're so important and understanding that routines can be again, um, they can be expressed and they can be on schedules and boards like maybe a school calendar or they can be implicit routines like who um, who eats first, mm-hmm. right? Or um, who gets to sit in the front seat and at what things. So again, those can be really like, oh, we take turns and we go oldest to youngest and all this other stuff. Or they can be like, there's no rule. It's just whoever mom's happy with right now. And that can feel, again, that feels, one feels more controlled and, and one feels more out of control. Yeah. And uh, if a routine is disrupted, People uh, will become upset, like we talked about in the anger episode, an expectation hasn't been met or a boundary has been crossed. Um, I know a family where the parents call their adult children on a certain day of the week. And then after years of doing this routine, they didn't call just to see if any of their kids would call them. And of course, their kids didn't call because they just assumed that they were still talking to a sibling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, they were a little put out. Uh, But because it was a routine, everyone assumed that they were still following the routine. They didn't communicate that the routine was going to change, that the boundary was changing. And that's a good example of where maybe the family roles actually impacted, right? Being empty nesters and, and later on in life maybe impacted the routine and their expectations and their belief system around that routine. Yeah, and and rules can be spoken and unspoken, just like routines can and just like roles can. Uh, I'm trying to think of an unspoken rule that's really popular. Um, Most of the couples that we work with um, have a lot of unspoken rules in the marriage until they get broken. It's not discussed, and then they come in like, well, I thought it was just obvious. Mm -hmm. Like um, eating with your mouth open, like unspoken rule in society. Like we don't really do that, right? Or... Um, unspoken rule is that when you are in a meeting with someone, um, the kind of an unspoken rule is that you're going to go to the meeting on time for the most part, like attend a session, or let's say like, okay, unspoken rule. If a couple says like our, our date nights at six o'clock on Tuesdays, um, and they've kind of said that the unspoken rule is I don't need to remind them every single week for the most part, because this is just kind of our rules. We have Tuesday date night kind of thing. Um, so there can be like some kind of those nuanced ones too. So another unspoken rule that we've talked about before, there's a lot of unspoken rules with attachment. So I won't go back into that, but so for example, codependency, the rule is I take care of you and you take care of me. Most of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time I've run into codependency. Nobody ever said that. In fact, you might say, oh, so your rule is, is that he's in charge of your emotions. And she would say, that's not my rule. And I was like, 
but that's what you're angry about is that rule somehow got broken. And so it's interesting as we say this, not only that, but you don't actually have to be aware it's your rule, even if it's unspoken for it to start to guide and or cause problems in the relationship. So I think that's important to recognize as part of your work might be to say, what are my rules and how can I learn to have better relationships around rules and boundaries and maybe talking about them versus just punishing when they don't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, you mentioned a good thing too. I think um, you're talking about codependency. I really do feel like when it comes to codependency, the majority of what I hear is less about a, t- a t- like a cool touch topic that everyone wants to talk about on social media about are you codependent or are you not? And the majority of what they're talking about kind of like what Jem was saying is that they're making reference to is that person having a good healthy boundary or is that person not have a boundary right it's less about that this person is uh I don't know as compared to an astrological sign right it's not like are you codependent or a Virgo right like it's not it, <laughs> you don't which just, which not type compared. of Virgo which kind of type of codependent are sorry I'll say that again which type of codependent are you? Well, yeah. I'm a Virgo codependent and I'm a Leo or, codependent. Or, First of all, I'm Virgo, so I'm not I am as well. You're good. That's uh, why I use it. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where it's not just like we're going to categorize you as codependent or not. Codependency is a trademark of someone who has very little knowledge or has not thought about or has never seen a good example of a boundary. Like codependency does not exist in a world where someone has good boundaries and they have a deep, good, calming understanding of what those are, right? Well, so, and I'll, I'll add oh, one so thing saying, too. It's not just one or the other. It's it's really all about boundaries. And I'll add too that it's a part of unconsciously participating in relationships versus consciously participating in relationships. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'll tell you is that if there's drama in the relationship, there's some kind of drama going on, there are definitely boundaries that aren't functioning well just ask any reality tv show they create situations in which you can't have healthy mm-hmm. boundaries so that they we can improve improve increase the ratings sorry, yeah in, improve their ratings and increase the drama mm-hmm. and so that's one of the things that you might say is this doesn't work because the boundaries aren't healthy well sure unhealthy boundaries make great drama mm-hmm. it's so entertaining right and they Another word that's synonymous to this is empath. I hear that a lot too. They're like, I'm just an empath. No, that means you just don't have a boundary over someone else's behaviors and you taking it in on yourself, right? So we like to label all of these different things and what they are, bottom line, is a lack of lack of understanding, a lack of action of boundaries. And so it's it's really not like the cool thing to really like deeply classify it. It's really just very basic. And the function of a boundary is that it keeps things that are harmful for us out and that it allows good things in and that the good things about ourselves get out. Uh, you know, they are able, the good things about us are able to impact other people and that the harmful things about ourselves or the things that we need to work on are able to be improved on. Mm-hmm. And so we need to not have boundaries that are so rigid, you know, roles, rules, and routines that aren't so rigid that we can't be flexible. And we can't be so flexible that we don't have any roles, rules, or routines. And I like that um, because, and that's really, because that's really important to understand. And there are certain situations in which you can have a rigid boundary, but it it's not a generalized boundary. 
right? So, so I... rigid when it comes to boundaries um, me is an unhealthy kind of boundary. So we mean clear and you have a firm boundary, I think is what you mean. Yes, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that because um, yes, a firm boundary can be very healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I have a firm boundary that you are not allowed to attack me. I won't be mm-hmm. around people that are going to attack me. Right. That like function of a boundary is to keep unhelpful things out. Right. That doesn't mean that um, I start making a list of everyone who's ever hit anyone and say these people are all bad. That's that would be a too rigid that I suddenly did that because I don't interact with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not having boundaries is kind of like uh, not having a place to sleep. Not having you know, a a house, an apartment, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and then not having any doors or windows, right? You would die from the elements. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. Obviously, I love that analogy, because one of the things I do with Boundary Works is I talk about a Dutch door, you know, that's one of those doors that the top opens, but the the bottom doesn't, or I talk about a picket fence, so it's like half up it. So you can see, you can interact, but there's still something, you know, and again, that goes to what Taylor was saying, there's still something that keeps you safe, and you can interact with other people, but the safety is is keeping us in a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then boundaries that are that go too far would be like a a building that we live in that doesn't have any windows or doors at all, uh, you would starve. So if our boundaries uh, prevent us from having any relationships or being able to maintain any relationships, then that's not letting the good in either. Mm-hmm. And I think of a lot of, especially when there's early childhood abuse, I mean, all abuse is a crossing of boundaries. Um, I think I can say that yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, with children, they're often taught that their boundaries of um, independence and their needs are not as important as their parents. Um, sometimes they're taught that their their boundaries with their bodies aren't appropriate, like they get touched or, or abused. And so they're taught not to have boundaries. And so sometimes lessons about boundaries start way before we can even say or spell the words boundaries. So I just want to point out that a lot of boundaries come in those early developmental years. And I think anyone who's ever been in a relationship with somebody who grew up in a different house can say, all you have to do is discuss like a holiday and realize we had different routines and or boundaries around that, that we are so sure are right. And yet maybe they were just what functioned in our house versus right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the the routine that we had. Yeah. And that's the idea of you can have a firm boundary, but it doesn't have to be rigid. If we say, no, we have to have a 20 pound turkey and that year, all that's available is an 18 pound turkey. You might just be able to survive that. Mm-hmm. I'd say just in closing with that, with wrapping it up, what I would say when you're looking at this episode, when you're looking at what these things are that we're talking about as far as boundaries, one of the questions to ask is, can I clearly identify maybe my top three, right? Can I clearly identify what my top three boundaries are based off those values, based off of those roles, based off of those, you know, whatever it is we're going with. Can I clearly identify what some of those boundaries are that I've had in my life? Can I clearly identify the ones that I've wanted in my life, right? And that's, you're already doing half the work we kind of do in therapy with that. And I'm not saying that therefore you're done, right? We're going to keep talking about what those boundaries look like, how to make them more healthy, But what I would say right now is over the next bit, 
can you ask yourself that question? Can I clearly identify what boundaries are to me and what my top three look like and kind of go from there? Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.